0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an all new episode of 512 FM. I am your host, Clarissa Nash, and I am excited to be here. I'm always excited, though, so that's nothing new. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, if you are watching this video and this time I actually have a video of me recording because I have a great setup. It's it's all cute and stuff. Um, but if you're watching this recording and you hear me go, stop it. Or you see me like looking around, it's because my little bun child is hopping around and he sometimes likes to hide underneath my desk. It's something new that's happened. Um, it's adorable, but I wasn't ready for that. So, um, yeah, so let's get started. Uh today's topic is going to be about the social uprising and how brands are handling it, especially when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Uh, One thing that I've kind of noticed in all of this is that Black Lives Matter has been around since 2013, and we'll get a little bit more into detail about that in a minute. Um, But it's only been the last kind of month, I think it's been a month almost, that brands have been sending out these emails and and talking about their views and their values and blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to talk about that. And I also just kind of want to maybe do some other housekeeping stuff, maybe, possibly. Um, But let's kind of start off with some, some, not light news, but before we get into that, um how are you (laughs) is my first question I know that you guys will probably answer and I can't hear it or you may not answer and I still won't be able to hear it either way um but yeah how are you how are you doing how are you doing during this quarantine I know that there are some states that are opening up um i feel like only one of those states is allowed to open up which is new york because at least they tried you know um at least the governor did everything that he could to make sure it went down and and the rates went down and the hospitalizations went down and so they're opening up in phases like it's intended to happen uh but meanwhile in my neck of the woods texas um has decided to go from everything is closed to let's all go to the water park and now everybody is at the water park during a pandemic and 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 our rates have increased in terms of how many people have tested positive and it's not because of the protests because protesters have been wearing masks and they've been using hand sanitizer and passing it out so maybe the social distancing thing isn't something that can happen but it's a protest they try where they can but they are wearing masks whereas the people who were so hell-bent on having everything open so they can go get their nails done and their hair done they weren't wearing masks and they're tracing, this, uh, they're tracing this outbreak back to Memorial Day. So this is before the protest even happened. And our positive ca- uh, cases have gone up. A little bit has to do with more testing being available, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that the virus does what it does, spread. So yeah, um, our governor decided that, uh, first of all, the virus is spreading at an unacceptable rate because um, there's an acceptable rate for a virus to spread. And then uh, um, he decided that he's going to cancel all elective surgeries, which I understand and don't at the same time. Uh, Elective surgeries can mean a bunch of different things. It can mean, you know, wanting to have a breast augmentation if that's your prerogative, or if you wanna have a nose, uh, nose surgery because you don't like the bump in your nose, whatever it is, that's fine. But, you know, that I can see as elective surgery where you'd want to postpone it. But also you have people that do get different types of surgeries because it it depends on their health or you have people who are transgender and they're in that process of finally getting the hormones or finally getting the surgery uh, that they need. And then now, now it's being postponed because they're needing those beds and all of that equipment for people who... Are coming into ICU and all of this could have been prevented that is the crazy thing all of this could have been prevented but everybody wants to care about getting the money in their pockets and keeping their lobby lobbyists happy and saying that God is in control which like I'm not saying God's not in control I'm not trying to say that to be flippant but in the Bible okay this is my little me putting on my Bible hat in the Bible there are at least two books that talk about knowledge that's Proverbs that's Ecclesiastes and for some reason we have skipped over that knowledge part of the Bible and have used God to justify greed. Now, this is nothing new, of course, but now you have people's lives at stake. And this is exactly why Jesus flipped over the table at the church meeting or at the fair or wherever it was. I'm sorry, I didn't pay attention in Christian scriptures like I should have. All that to say, now we are in the house. I honestly am frustrated. I'm highly pissed off. I'm scared. I'm all of these different emotions. And I know a lot of people are, too. Uh, When we go out, you know, I know when I go out, I try my best to wear a mask. I try to limit how much I'm going out. I'm going stir crazy. I'm talking to this rabbit. He hate. No, he doesn't hate me. He actually really, really loves me as he's crawling to sit underneath the desk that I'm recording this podcast in right now. So it's so cute. Um, but yeah, so that's driving me nuts. And in the meantime, during quarantine, I decided to research my family history. And I've been on Ancestry.com. I'm only doing it for 14 days. I'm not paying for it. I feel like if you are, uh, I was talking to somebody on Instagram about this. I feel like if you were Jewish, if you are uh, African-American, if you are Latino, if you were a non-white person, basically, um, You should be able to look up all of your family records for free. You should not have to pay for any of them. Whoo, because it is definitely an emotional journey. I've shared this again on Instagram and on Facebook. If you follow that I've been looking for, I've been very curious about my family history. There are certain things that like I I didn't know or I don't know. There are certain things I don't really care to find out, but I felt like now was the time, because what else am I going to do? So now is the time for me to really try to figure out, like, at least get some pieces of the puzzle together, right? Um, My grandmother on my mom's side, my maternal grandmother, I remember bits and pieces about her, but she died when I was young. uh, So I don't really remember a lot. I don't remember meeting my grandfather because I, well, I never met my grandfather because he was he died three years before I was born in '83, so I never met him. I don't know a lot about him, and I wanted to. I wanted to know more, so I did. I learned more. I found some things. Like it was really cool to find a World War II draft card. It was cool to find uh, find out that some people were part of the, that fought in World War II and fought in World War I. I have a great, great grandfather that fought in World War I, World War I in France. So that's pretty awesome. He spent two years there. So that was cool to find out. And then I realized the further I went back, uh, the more not so cool it got. Great example is that I started to find that some of my female relatives were mulatto. And mulatto is a way that they said mixed or biracial way back in the day on the census. They don't use that anymore. And so I wanted to know, okay, well, how's this person mulatto? And again, in the back of my mind, I know, I know exactly what happened with slaveholders uh, and what they did to slaves. I get it. I, I knew it. But I think seeing what happened or or not seeing because I didn't it's not like there was footage or or photos but kind of like anyway let me continue then I'll be able to piece things together um so I kind of I went back and I went back and I went back and then as I'm clicking on people's names I got to like an 1860 census and an 1850 census and I saw like free inhabitants and it was all the white people And then I found a slave census. And I was like, okay, fine. So one of them I found, it was Daniel C. I'm sorry, Daniel R. Daniel Caldwell fought in the Confederate war. He has his name on a plaque in uh, Pike County, Alabama. And it's very important for all of y'all to know that because if you hear about a plaque coming down, it was me. No, I'm kidding. I'm not traveling. Corona is the only reason why I'm not going there. Um, And then his father, John Codwell, was the one that he, like, owned the slaves. And then I believe Daniel acquired some, if you will. So icky to talk about people like property, but that is what it is. Um, And so that's how some of my family came to be. And they were in Alabama, and then they moved to Texas, they moved to North Texas, and then settled in East Texas. So I'm really curious about how there's a lot of movement from the East Coast, like the Southeast Coast, to Texas. So I'm really curious about that, because it happened after the Civil War, when the, Confeder- when the, when the Confederacy, basically, I mean, they lost and it dissipated. much, And also Texas is part of the Confederacy. I think that it seceded at, at one point. Honey, I forgot Texas history. That was seventh grade and seventh grade was 20 years ago. Anyway, so then I saw another slave census and the slaveholders. And I happened to look at the ages at this time. In the ages, the youngest was two years old. And I had to think in my head, what in the hell? Can somebody do with a two-year-old child as a slave? Like, what are you doing? And then the next youngest was three. And I believe the next youngest was nine. And I have been really in my feelings about that ever since I discovered it. And again, it's one of those things that I knew. I knew. But to just see it on paper, on on a record, is just... There are no words to describe it. And so yeah I was in my feelings about it and I had to I just I was done I shut it down I I think I'm going to be done after this weekend I don't know if I can continue but I would love to figure out from my from from the information that I gather, I would love to know about my family pre slavery. I wanna know like what country I came from in Africa. I wanna know like what we did there. I wanna know what kind of queen I was. I'd love to dig deeper into the family that that I know now or the information that I know now. Like I the way that I am, the way my mouth is, there had to be somebody that like killed a slave owner. Like, there had to be. I, that's just me. I'm not I'm not a murderer. That's not what I'm saying. But there's somebody that said, you know what? I'm not going to take you doing this anymore. And they were the ones that said, you know, hiya. That's just my opinion on it. That's, that's what I think, considering who I am. But maybe I'm wrong. But I hope not. Because that would be really cool if there was a story about that. So anyway... Yeah, that that is that's been what's uh, happened, and uh, a lot of I haven't decided also if I was going to talk about you know the latest Black Lives Matter like news. Uh, the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor is still not or they're still not arrested. They got fired though, but I'm like that's cool. They need to be arrested. They need to be charged because they murdered that person. So it's 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 a lie, and then there was something that came out about elijah Mc- uh, McLean. elijah McLean was an 18 year old young man who was walking to the convenience store to go get his mom something to drink it's something i've done plenty of times for my mother um he was listening to music he was bopping around enjoying himself and got a call of somebody thinking that he was suspicious and when the cops confronted him I mean there's a whole there's a whole dialogue or a uh, transcript of what he said so but I'm paraphrasing because I it's so heartbreaking but basically he was just saying that like he was sorry he apologized and he was saying he can't breathe and he was saying that you know he's different and he's just weird and he's so so sorry and it's I don't know it's hard it's hard to know that this stuff keeps happening those officers aren't arrested um this happened in colorado they're they're luckily reopening the probe to to find out you know exactly why and what you know why he died or what happened i mean we all know why he died right because he was a young black man that quote unquote fit a description um it, It's maddening. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say, but that it's maddening. I'm sorry. Hold on. My rabbit just attacked my foot, everyone. Can you, can you lay down? Lay down, please? Lay down for mama. Love you. Mean it. You want to hop? You can hop over there. Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, there's just, there's, there's been a lot. I wish there was like really, really good news that's happened, but... Oh, well, okay, okay. I had to really think about it, but okay. So Dixie Chicks, if you know who they are, the one of the best modern trio country singers of all time. Um, I've loved them since eighth grade. They have changed their name to The Chicks. For those of you who are outside of the United States in, or North America who don't know, Dixie is very much tied to, like, the confederacy um it's it's mason dixon line is the line between where the union was during the civil war and the confederacy and dixie is kind of like the nickname i 100 percent believe just because of the dixie chicks themselves or the chicks themselves and and how they are they did not name themselves because they were like confederate darlings right like it's not that they believe in the confederacy and southern uh or uh the confederate flags and stuff i believe they said it as like to say southern chicks that's my opinion uh natalie Maines, who's the lead singer if you don't know the story about her or about them in about 2008 they were in england and they were or 2007 and they said on stage that they disagreed with george bush about the iraq war and people in england cheered but the country music scene was like or died with you the opry disowned them uh radio stations went on this whole rant about you know disrespecting george bush and our soldiers which is not what they didn't disrespect soldiers, but uh, basically stopped playing them on country music channels and and country radio. So their next album, not ready. Oh, and then Toby Keith told them to shut up and sing, um, jerk. So <laughs> uh, they they the next album that came out, which had the lead single "Not Ready to Make Nice," was a fantastic album got no recognition from the country music industry but got nominated for like nine or ten grammys that year and won a bunch of them so i mean what you gonna do and then the great part was in 2016 beyonce was was she nominated for uh uh daddy's girls or something uh a song off of the lemonade album is a very country i say country inspired it's a it's a country song and they she was asked to sing and perform at the CMAs and people in the country music industry lost their minds and uh, not in a oh my god it's Beyonce kind of way and at the time Dixie Chicks remixed the song with her and She brought them to the stage too. It was amazing. It's probably the most black people that have ever been at the country music awards. And you can't deny the genius that is Beyonce, the magic that was them and the chicks. So they got their due, they got their payback because it was like, you cannot get rid of them. They are some talented, talented human beings and they harmonize so well. Like I still jam wide open spaces. I love the cover of Landslide. Uh, goodbye, Earl. And, you know, so for everybody that's like, we don't like people being political. Um, Goodbye, Earl was about killing your abusive husband. (laughs) So, like, I don't know where you lost, like, where you couldn't find the politics in their earlier music, but that's your bad. Anyway, they changed their, they changed their name to the Chicks, dropped Dixie, released a video called March. It is one of the most powerful inspiring videos that I've seen it's you definitely should listen um or give it a watch it will get you in your feelings but you know good it you know has a list of when there's a part where it says say their names and you know it's it's George Floyd and Breonna Taylor of course and then the names keep going and going and it's so heartbreaking but it they talk about how black trans lives matter, and it's, you know, sometimes when you realize you ride for the right people, and you're a fan of the right people, like, you're you're good. And I feel, I love being their fan, because as a black person, loving, you know, loving, loving the chicks, I think I would have been so disappointed if they didn't take a stand. But again, it's one of those things that I wasn't worried about because of what they said about the Iraq war, so... Um, I wasn't too worried about it. They've been very open about being anti-Trump. All that to say is that was my good news. (laughs) My good news is my favorite country group, Uh, I don't have that many country groups that are my favorite, but my favorite country group dropped the the name because it didn't flow with their values. They're looking at the times now. They're adapting, they're changing. They wrote a beautiful, beautiful, um, there's gonna be so many great, powerful Black Lives Matter uh, anthems. And I don't think they're trying to hijack a movement at all. I think those intentions are pure. It's not performative. Uh, you can look over the course of their career and see, you know, how they've been active. And, and they're just amazing. Anyway, I can you all day. Shout out to the chicks. Go listen to that song, March. They have an album called Gaslight that's coming out. I'm so excited. So anyway, let me take a break and if you're watching this video, I'm gonna drink some water, (laughs) but I'm gonna take a break, and then we'll talk about Black Lives Matter and brands. Oh, you were right there. My little buttons is right underneath the table. Okay, we're back, and I was wondering where my rabbit went, and my rabbit is underneath the table, right by my feet, and he's laying down. You guys have to understand something. Um, Rabbits are very, very scary like in terms of uh, trusting people because they're prey animals they're at the bottom of the food chain which means everybody's trying to come for them so when they stretch out and they kind of do this melting on the floor business it means that they're very comfortable in their surroundings i've been trying to buy his love since i got him in may it's working he's just so freaking cute y'all he's so cute he's a netherland dwarf he's all black he's on my Instagram to so go look, <laughs> but I'm not going to pick him up. I'm not going to put him in the video. You guys just take my word for it. He's adorable and he hates carrots and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Anyway, <laughs> so we're back and I, there's a lot of brand news that happens, that's happened this week. And so I'm going to talk about the brand news and then we're going to, we're going to go into kind of my thoughts and feelings and opinions. Quaker Oaks decided to get rid of the Aunt Jemima, Aunt Jemima and the um, Uncle Ben's mascot after like hundreds of years. I mean, many decades, maybe it's not hundreds, but it's been many decades, at least the late 1800s. And there's been some kind of like debate about it. And I'm not talking about the racists that are like, don't take away my my races black women off of my pancakes like I'm not talking about that um <laughs> one of the debates comes from the family of that Aunt Jemima is based off of and they're worried that their families uh, uh, their relative their aunt their I believe it's like a great aunt will be erased from history when you remove her from the box now there hasn't really been this, like, uproar of, like, get rid of Aunt Jemima, get rid of Uncle Ben. I personally am one of those people that's, like, yeah, I know that that's racist, but I don't care. (laughs) Like, my energy is not gonna go into, like, oh, my gosh, is this person racist or is... Or is this racist or is that racist? Like, I I couldn't care less because to me, it's just rice. To me, it's at this point, it's been it's been forever. Um, but Quaker Oats, the the CEO, decided, hey, we need to talk about this. We need to change it. There's no word on how they're going to change it yet. Um, also, Mrs. Butterworth is getting looked at. Uh, and there a couple of other brands. It's very interesting, uh, like I said, I, I empathize and I actually understand where people were coming from with Angel Jemima, but I also understand the need to get rid of it. So Angel Jemima, the first one, the very, very first one, was based off of a racist stereotype of black women uh, called mammies, which is very interesting because side note, in team, our nickname for the mamzels was mammies, and it was just odd. Anyway, so mammies were really de- were depicted as being plumped. They always had on a bandana. Uh, they were dark-skinned, and they took care of the white children during slavery. Um, they were the ones that raised them, as opposed to just their parents raising their own kids, <laughs> whatever. So she was based off of... Uh, the advertising agency or the company at the time decided to create, to use a particular person to create her or to create the the mascot, if you will, for Angel Mima. And then this person would go and she would go to the fairs and she would do cooking shows. And one of the arguments, again, about that history is that that was really the only job that she could get at the time. So she took it and she embraced it for what it was. Now, of course, again, there's something, it's called minstrel shows, which sounds very weird to say, but it's minstrel shows, and that's where white people would dress in blackface, which is why blackface is really terrible, and they would perform stereotypes of black people as comedy shows. So you have things like Sambo, for example, very dark face, I mean, literally a black face, wide uh, like overly red lips if you think about clowns kind of get that with like just a black face so that's why again black face is terrible because it was always used to put down African Americans um, so th- that that was how the Angel Mama brand came up and then they recently and I say recently I want to say I want to say maybe 50s, 60s they updated the mascot to what it is today so she has her pearl earrings she's all she's slimmer in the face um she looks more of like a mom (laughs) than she does uh like the help but it still has a racist past so now they're trying to figure out what to do with that it's very interesting to me because i understand not wanting to erase history like i said before And I've kind of suggested to do what Looney Tunes does. So if you ever get Looney Tunes on DVD or you happen to watch it on demand, there's usually a warning that says this cartoon will contain stereotypes that were popular back in the day but are not what we believe as a company now we don't feel like erasing it is was a good idea because it would take away from the cartoon or something along those lines and i didn't know that because i used to watch looney tunes all the time i had no clue that half of these things were racist until i saw the warning and then (laughs) watched the cartoon and i was like wait a second like you were forever racist they literally had a dark cartoon um it was like a cartoon short But literally, like a Sambo uh, cartoon, the guy was just skinny instead of being bigger. And I was like, oh, God, okay. Uh, uh, What's the rooster? uh, Foghorn Leghorn is a confederate, you know, Uh, Raider Sam, a confederate. It's... Pepe Le Pew is a disgusting misogynist, which I've always hated him. So whatever, um, <laughs> that didn't shock me at all. Speeding Gonzalez, they started to take him out of the like modern day cartoons because of the stereotype of uh, of Mexicans. So it's it's very interesting how things that are back in the day super duper racist are still popular now, but obviously the subjects wouldn't fly. And even things like The Office. Like, The Office would not survive today. There's too much Me Too. (laughs) There's too much racial stuff that, I mean, again, I pick and choose my battles. I understand the character of Michael Scott. So when he says and does stuff, it's like, oh, my God, you're so terrible, which is the point. But nowadays, it wouldn't flow right. So... I understand why it wouldn't work today in today's climate, which is fine. Like, like that's fine. I'm not saying it it should or or like we're being too sensitive about it. But it's very interesting how more aware we are becoming as time goes on, which is a great thing because we're not offending people. Or at least we're trying not to. So, uh, but anyway, back to Aunt Jemima. Back to uh, Uncle Ben, and Uncle Ben being the guy on the rice box he is getting replaced and um, so that's that's gonna be interesting to see what they come up with i think to preserve the history of it like the best thing to do is be transparent like i said with warner brothers you know on your website talk about the history of angel mama talk about who the who she was based off of like at least give her give the the mascot or the character like give her a name give her a person because she is based off of a human being and so to leave that out would be terrible and then talk about how it got updated talk about why it got updated maybe you updated it just because it was for the times maybe you realized that like that mascot at the time was you know now that it was 50 60s like that's not acceptable that's fine and then talk about where you are today with it people love transparency brands we love transparency i want to know why you went from point a to point b and if you do that you still you're kind of you're honoring the families right but then you're also just being honest and then you're moving forward and you're taking a step forward it's like dove and it's like ivory you know the soap companies were super racist back in the day being black was terrible and you know, to be clean you became a white person. And that's what they advertised. And it, it's it's weird to see that. But I love Dove and I know that Dove does not represent that stereotype today. So for me, knowing that and acknowledging that is something that I love I love in brands where they don't just ignore it or they don't or they don't deny it. You know? So those are two brands that are making their changes. Another brand that's making a change is uh, the Eskimo Pies. So <laughs> Eskimo Pies are, are owned by Dryers, uh, and they're the chocolate, the ice cream bar with the chocolate, the chocolate cover. I don't eat chocolate, so it's hard. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know, but I know what they look like. Eskimo is a derogatory term. I had no idea. <laughs> Because I remember my mom used to say, like, Eskimo kisses all the time and stuff. So I had no idea. I grew up thinking Eskimos. The only thing I knew about Eskimos were that they were people who lived in, like, the very cold climate and in igloos, which is probably the problem (laughs) in all of this. Right? Like, we assume because it's what we see on TV. Well... Es- Again, Eskimo is a derogatory tor- a derogatory term for indigenous people, uh, the Inuk tribe, who live in Canada and Greenland, and also the Yupik tribe, who reside in Siberia, and then like the surrounding islands there in Alaska. Again, had no idea, had no idea these tribes existed. Um, according to the Alaska Native Language Center, at University of Alaska, the name is considered derogatory in many other places because it was given by non-Inuits and again, if I'm saying that wrong, I'm so sorry, I looked everywhere to figure out how to say that, Um, and was said to mean eater of raw meat. Nowadays, linguistics associate the word with net shoes. However, you know what, it's just best to avoid it. Racism is amazing, not. So they're thinking of changing the name because they're realizing like, okay, this is derogatory. And again, I don't think anybody approached that. (laughs) I'm not aware. I've been looking to see what people have said about it. But like I was brought to the term that Eskimo was a derogatory term about a year ago. Uh, I don't use it often, but I just never thought of it again as it being a racist term. But I learned and I said, okay, cool. we're not gonna use it anymore in my daily language. It's pretty easy to say, okay, cool, right? Uh, and then I just, you know, now they're they're wanting to change the name and I have no idea what they there's nothing's out about what they're gonna change it to so far. So that's gonna be very interesting to watch too. I, and hopefully it's something creative and fun as well. And then last but not least in some brand news the month of july will be very very interesting for facebook uh there are brands coming together that are pulling their advertising dollars from facebook and instagram and they are not running any ads for the entire month i hope they just continue with that like i hope i hope it's a thing where it's like july august september like until they really get a get a clue facebook mark marky mark zuckerberg has done this thing where you know twitter and snapchat have said that they are going to label anything that trump says as like manipulative uh information or false information sorry again my rabbit just kind of went somewhere um anything that's not true that trump tweets which is a lot of stuff let's be honest they're labeling it as false information so that people so it doesn't isn't taken as fact and that's also very important because the stuff that trump lies about isn't like hummus tastes like chocolate you know like that's not gonna hurt anybody that's not true but it's not gonna hurt anyone but he's lying about like the role of the army or he's even if he's not lying he's provoking violence um and you know it gets his fan base riled up to commit this violence which is why you see people who um are very strong Trump supporters be a little bit more bold in their like racist, homophobic bigotry. I mean, it's kind of cute until they cross me. Anyway, so they're, they're now, um, their companies are like, that's not, oh, I'm sorry. So Facebook on the other hand said, oh, we're not gonna really censor this stuff. And I'm like, but you probably should, because this is hateful stuff that's being spread on Facebook. Um, the Daily Caller and Breitbart News, which is a very right-wing media company, um, are listed as trusted, verified sources. Which, what? (laughs) Listen, clearly I'm not a Republican. Clearly I don't listen to right-wing anything. Um, I don't trust Fox News because Fox News wasn't even created to be a news channel. It was created to be an entertainment channel. Just research that, it's very interesting. Anyway, I wouldn't want a severely left wing to be a verified source either. Like when I I personally look at my news, if it doesn't come from Matto, if it doesn't come from NPR, I'm not really paying attention to it because I don't really trust it. That's just me, that's how I keep myself in my like zone of information. Uh, but anyway, Having those two, though, be your verified, you know, what you fact check is actually really dangerous. And then Facebook said, like, you know, we're really not, we're just not going to, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to hide or censor language because freedom of speech, like freedom of speech is not freedom of consequences. Let me say that one more time. Freedom of speech is not freedom of consequences. All right you can say whatever you want to but there's also a consequence that happens and people have used the example fire you can yell fire in a building but if you if you cause a panic and that panic ends up having people get hurt or killed because you said something your consequence is that you're going to get in trouble for that so yeah you can say whatever you want It's like when people want to say, like, well, how come I can't say the N-word if I'm, you know, if it's in a song? You can. But if you're around the wrong person and you say the N-word and they hear you, who's to know what's going to happen? In fact, I just don't like the word. But that's not a point. You get what I mean? So, yeah. I've facebook or people said like they've had enough i know personally i wrote that white supremacy was stupid on facebook and i got my account flagged i got a warning i was like but white supremacy is stupid mark clarissa why are you still on facebook i don't know i've been on it for about 16 years i'm sorry it's hard to let go but again facebook makes 99 percent of its profit from ads so don't feel too bad for being on the platform because I'm not ever giving them my money. So there's that. Fair? Fair. Um <laughs> but anyway, so NAACP, a little bit more on it. NAACP color change and the anti-defamation league uh called advertisers to boycott spending on Facebook for the next month to show that they will not support companies that put profit over safety. And that's super important too because people's words really do drive emotion so if you're calling somebody something really racist or really homophobic that drives people to act in a negative way and that can put people in harm and we're a gun-toting country so i mean who knows what's to happen there is a website that's called shop uh sorry stop hate for and it states they allowed um Incitement to violence against protesters fighting for, the, for racial justice in America in the wake of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Tony McDade, Ahmaud Aubrey, Richard Brooks, and so many others. They named Breitbart News a trusted news source and made the Daily Caller a fact checker, despite both publications having records of working with known white nationalists. They turned a blind eye to blatant voter suppression on their platform. Uh, They could use that time to support Black users. They could call out the Holocaust denial as hate. Um, They could help get out the vote, but they choose not to. Uh, 99% of Facebook's $70 billion is made through advertising. So they ask, like, who will advertisers stand with? And they want to send Facebook a powerful message saying that your profits will never be worth promoting hate. That is anti-semitism racism bigotry and violence sorry i wanted to finish all of that that's that's a very powerful statement and a really good statement and i again i'm really curious to see like how many companies end up doing it in the month of july but so far we have uh north face patagonia upwork REI and Talkspace. They are pulling, and like each one, they put in about $50,000, $60,000 a month to run ads on Facebook. So that's that's a, that's a lot of money. I'm very curious again, who's gonna be added to the list of people to, to do that because that'll show them, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg has a very complicated history with being a good person. If you listen to there's a I believe two or three part series of behind the bastards that I continuously mention because it's one of my favorite podcasts. And they have about, like I said a two to three part history about Facebook uh, about Mark Zuckerberg and kind of that transition from just being a social media platform into going to digital media, but like why he did it and how he went about it. and who guy. Like, why are we on Facebook, y'all? Like, <laughs> I wish Instagram would separate from Facebook, become its own thing. Because I really do love Instagram, and I just kind of wish like Facebook would like not. <laughs> I wish I could quit it, but it's almost twenty years. I need to let it go. I really, really do. So, anyway, again, we'll see who gets added on. We'll see who. Uh, we'll see who who does the what happens next with this, and if they continue it, I would love. For that to happen i would love for advertisers to be like you know what i'm not advertising on facebook anymore because you have to hit them in the pockets that is how that's how you hurt brands you you hit them in the pockets it's like i talked about um with the girls from vanderpump the women from vanderpump rules where they lost all of their sponsorships and the company that does their podcasts that hits their pockets. That's the only way, well, you would think it's the only way that they would learn, but the developments after that is a whole other situation that doesn't need to be talked about. So that's some branding news. And all of that to say is, it's very interesting to see these brands just kind of pop up and all of a sudden they support Black Lives Matter, right? And it's very interesting because Black Lives Matter has been around since 2013. 2013 it grew from i'm sorry 2012. it grew from a hashtag about the acquittal of trayvon martin's murderer whose name i'm not going to put uh, i'm not going to say on my podcast and it later got recognized more in the streets during demonstrations following the 2014 deaths of michael brown and uh, which resulted in protests and unrest in ferguson And then Eric Garner in New York City, who also I'm gonna say coin the term because that sounds so terrible, but also was known for saying that he can't breathe when the NYPD was choking him to death. So the organization became official in two thousand thirteen of July thirteenth, and I wish I'd. Why didn't I write this down about who who came up with Black Lives Matter? We're about to figure this out. We're about to figure this out because it's important to uh, mention their names. So the founders are Alicia uh, Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tometi. They were the three women who took this hashtag and made it be something bigger. Uh, that we see today and are chanting and wearing and saying proudly and boldly and it's three strong women that I love uh, and I think I'm very thankful for so then in 2016 Colin Kaepernick of the San Francisco 49ers if you haven't heard of him uh, started was noticed to be sitting during the national anthem and it, for him it was a way to protest police brutality that was happening again with uh, at this time like freddie gray and there were some others that, that came about when i say sandra bland i'm not too clear on the the dates because unfortunately we all come together and it all becomes a blur at first um, at first people were i mean at first like it was a big deal that he was sitting he had a talk with a veteran and the veteran was like, hey, why don't you just kneel? Which people kind of miss when they criticize him for doing this. Like they miss the fact that like he talked to a veteran, an Iraqi veteran, at more like it. And he said sitting is more disrespectful. But if you kneel, that's more respectful. Told him to kneel and people leave that out. Anyway, so he started to do that and again people some people started to follow at the time that uh coaches of nfl teams such as jerry jones of the dallas cowboys said if any football players are caught kneeling they will be fined and now all of a sudden black lives matter (laughs) but whatever um there's a lot with jerry jones by the way that okay sir whatever um and of course people were outraged and they kept saying that like he was it was disrespecting our veterans and Oh, God, it just it's basically cost him his NFL career, but it really started his activism career. So he's helping so many more people, I feel like, as an activist than he is as a football player. Not to say that football playing playing football isn't worth it, but I believe everything happens for a reason. And this is happening. This happened to him for a reason. And then the late Kobe Bryant, LeBron James um, in a Kevin Durant, a few others, were seen wearing I Can't Breathe t-shirts a little bit after, uh, after the Eric Garner uh, death from the NYPD during practice. And more NBA players were starting to, to pick up and talk about Black Lives Matter in the press conference. Um, it, it, they were not quiet about it. So, again, you hear me say it's 2016, 2014, 2012. Remember those dates because that's for, that, what, 2012 was eight years ago? My God. So, that's for about four to eight years ago. We've been talking about Black Lives Matter for eight years. But then, all of a sudden, 2020 happens, which, God, what is 2020 anyway? And you have COVID, and then you have this, social justice uprising and the crazy thing is is when all of i remember when gdpr happened and if you're an entrepreneur you understand gdpr or even if you're not an entrepreneur you kept getting emails saying like we care about your privacy and then they explained why they had to update like how you want it to be opt-in basically it was If you do business online, uh, like in the EU, they were changing their privacy laws. So all the businesses had to change and update their email list and privacy terms. It was a big headache for all of us. Um, And it was a headache if you kept getting emails from companies, which we all did. And then COVID-19 happened and it started to impact more people in the US. And so everybody, every brand was like, we care about your health. And so you got so many week. what we're doing about COVID-19 at XYZ Brand. Like, Jesus, okay, we get it. <laughs> and now we have three types of emails that are coming out from brands. Now is our time to listen. Black Lives Matter. We're taking a stand against racial injustice. Now, listen, I'm happy that people have decided to do that. I'm happy that brands are are willing to be open and talk about how they're listening and yada, yada, yada. But as a black person, I don't understand why it had to take somebody who got need in the neck for you to understand that black lives matter. Black people have been here and we have been going through some racial injustice for the longest time. And you said nothing about it. You did nothing about it. But then at the same time, I'm really happy that brands are speaking out. So I'm very conflicted as a marketer. I'm very conflicted as a brand strategist. And I'm very conflicted as a Black person, how I'm supposed to handle all of this stuff that's happening, right? And there are people and there are brands that are getting called out. Like I just found out, or I was just reading something about anthropology yesterday. They were talking. I remember during the week, everybody was posting the black squares and they said that we're listening or like black lives matter. And then somebody had posted a screen cap to them and said, this year, this is you. And it's something about, I don't know, it was something racist that they did. But then a story came out in BuzzFeed that said that the employees or or anthropology would uh, train their employees to use the term Nick or Nikki if they saw a person that looks like they were stealing and they were using this with black and other minorities. And I know because I was in urban anthropology and free people, all three are the same company, and I've been followed in each store. So that wasn't a shocker. Wasn't a shocker at all. I had something in my hand. I was about to go show my friend who was white. and Or who was white. She didn't, like, not stay white. Went to go show her. And I was being followed in the store. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. Happened in anthropology. I actually ended up buying something. And it's something on sale because, honey, anthropology is expensive. And I was in an urban. The same thing happened. So none of that's a shocker. So for them to say Black Lives Matter and for this to be a thing is insanity to me. Uh, not insanity. The fact that they would sit there and say Black Lives Matter as if, like, they aren't stereotyping Black people. That's insanity. Um, and we're supposed to believe it and act like we don't have receipts. Sis, that's not how this works in this day and age. You can't get away with stuff. But then there are brands like Ben & Jerry's. Love Ben & Jerry's. Can't eat a lot of their ice cream because it's got gluten in it and I can't get sick. Or there's like a cherry and chocolate flavor, which I'm like, that sounds disgusting. Um, No offense to Jerry Garcia, who the ice cream is named after. But Ben & Jerry's has always been about that life. They very much said, we need to dismantle white supremacy boom they even have a little graphic about how to like and how defending the police and they have an ice cream graphic about what that means to defend the police like listen if you know anything about Ben and jerry's go check their receipts they have been about immigration they pay their employees like, they're the people that package the ice cream together, pay them $16 an hour. I believe it's former. A lot of people that they hire are people who got out of prison who need a job, which is so great for people who got out of prison because they can get money, and it's a less chance of them for uh, to go back into the system. They've always been about that life. They've always talked about it. So seeing posts about Black Lives Matter from them is something that I'm like, okay. I, that's what I expect. I would be disappointed if you didn't say anything. They are very much have said these said the victims' names of police brutality. They are not afraid to speak up. They are a company about social justice. They've been about that life since the very beginning. I keep saying that. It's very important to reiterate that. And good for... Great. And I love that. And it makes me really happy. Um, Target... I know that there's been some issues with Target. There's always issues with like a lot of big brand and chain names, especially those that have different CEOs and move about. So it's like the company history of Target isn't that great or they're just faking it and it's like, well, CEOs come and go, right? Um but for Target to release something when the the riots, if you will, or the looting in Minneapolis the first day of George Floyd, of the what was just the george floyd protest for them to say you know what we can rebuild it's fine we're closing our stores in minneapolis they're gonna get paid as if they were working black lives matter (laughs) like they were like we're not tripping about stuff like y'all are tripping about property you know and that's really awesome to they've done a lot especially recently into uh it's growing their diversity within, like, the models and and at least their marketing materials. Here's, here's the thing, too. Diversity has to happen, and black lives have to matter. Excuse me. Black lives have to matter everywhere, right? So black lives can't only matter in the front. Black lives have to matter in your C-suite. So if you're not hiring black people in your leadership roles, you're, is Black Lives Matter really meaningful? Is that Do you really believe that? Or are you just trying to catch on with the trend? Because let me just tell you something, black people's lives are not trends. I'm gonna be black today, I'm gonna be black tomorrow, I'm gonna be black in the next 10 years, and I'm gonna be black until I die. So I'm not a trend, okay? Black people are not trends. So if you're gonna really put out this message brands that Black Lives Matter, you really need to put out, you really need to do the work. And if you're realizing that you haven't done the work yet, that's okay, that's, that's, you need to acknowledge that. Now is the time to acknowledge that. Let me do a little segue, because you know I'm good at that. There are local places, especially like my local news, that will highlight Black-owned restaurants, and you can always tell <laughs> where when the races where the racist people come out because they go, "Well, why does it matter what color they are? If the food is good, the food is good." Here's why it matters, sis, and bro. Because in 1921, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. White supremacists decided to come into the town where black businesses were owned, drop bombs, shoot guns, and and just destroy everything that they made for themselves. Because for the longest time, it was okay to destroy what black people worked so hard for post-slavery. And it is still okay today. They don't do it by way of dropping bombs from planes. They don't do it by way of just randomly shooting up people. Asterisk, they kind of do. Um, but it's in the lending from the banks. It's in the in the codes from the government, the health codes, if they're looking at restaurants. If you get the wrong inspector, if you get a racist inspector, your restaurant can be done for. So yes, highlight Black-owned businesses. uh, Highlight Black creators, Black influencers that are changing the makeup, hair, fashion game. Highlight the home decorators because we don't see enough. And let me tell you something else. Representation matters, period. If we go back to ancient Jemima and when it was created, It was created in a time where blackface was acceptable, where the culture was, this is how we, this is how black people are. This is how white people see black people. And because we're catering to white people, we will make sure our marketing matches that so they will buy our product. We're in 2020 now, it doesn't work like that anymore. They're not seeing, most aren't seeing people the same way that white people saw black people in the 1800s, right? So what happens is that yes, you do have to change with it and you have to understand that representation matters. We have negative stereotypes of people all over the world because especially in Hollywood, you hire Middle Eastern people to play the role of a terrorist. So what, you keep the stereotype that all Middle Eastern people are terrorists? They are not. And according to the FBI, they are definitely not. And not that I like the FBI, but you know, neither here nor there. Um, We are working very hard at this moment. This is an awakening and i know i weave in and out about why now to understanding why now we are in an awakening as as america as america we have to sit down and we have to literally look at ourselves and brands have to look at themselves and go what am i contributing to make these to make black people to make minorities be targets of something so hateful what are we doing And how can we change that? That's at least my hope. My hope is that, and and a friend was telling me this, and I really hope it's true. I hope that the pandemic, if it did anything right, it made people stay home and it made people look at, this is what we've been talking about for years. This is what we meant by Black Lives Matter. We're not saying we wanna get away with crime. We're not trying to get away with stuff. What we're saying is if you can arrest somebody, if you can take the person who murdered nine people at a Charleston church who were African American to Burger King to get him something to eat before he goes to prison, you can arrest somebody who fell asleep in a car or you can who fell asleep in a car, who took your taser, you can control that situation, and that person can still be alive today. But you decided, because of the color of their skin, that their life didn't matter. And that's why we say Black Lives Matter. So if marketing, which plays a huge part and a huge role in how people see things and and see other people, if they can really look at what they've done and say, okay, this is how we need to change our perception or how people perceive Hispanic people or how people perceive uh, Middle Eastern people, et cetera, et cetera, then God, I hope that they're serious about this. I hope they're investing in getting the education, getting the training, because it's not something that happens overnight. You have to unlearn a lot of things. And listen, your brand can be as big as a Fortune 500 company or it can just be little old you you can change your perception you can change how you market and put things out by simply looking at what you've done like for example say that you are you're a coach you're a life coach and you use stock photos for your blogs or for your webinars who are what color are the people in your stock photos if it's white across the board you need to go on Unsplash. You need to go on Create Her Stock. And you need to find some black people. You need to find some minorities. And here's the thing. When we talk about minority groups, also understand that that that's disabled people. That is also the LGBTQ community. And, and when I say that, don't do this whole thing of We have a black person and how we're diverse. My college um, used to, my college did that. They had one black person on their website, one Asian, one Hispanic, and, like, one Middle Eastern person and a white person. And they were like, look at our diversity. And I'm like, this is corny. Don't do that. (laughs) Okay, we're not saying to do that. But do something, like, Procter & Gamble has done really well with some of their, uh, their companies like Tide whenever they're doing commercials. And there's a stay at home dad who is washing clothes for his daughter that likes to wear the princess costume. And we don't know anything about the dad's history or like personal life. He could be a single dad. He could be a gay dad. He could be, uh, he could be married in a heterosexual relationship and he just chooses, chooses to stay home. Whatever the case is, it doesn't really matter because, we see this kind of gender swap, if you will, of, of a man doing the laundry and taking care of the kids. And that's great, right? We also see a lot of advertisement dubbed as just did this for Father's Day, where we see a lot of different commercials and ads about minority men especially black men being dads to their kids because there's a stereotype that black men are deadbeat fathers and that's that's not all black men and I say this as somebody whose dad isn't in her life I know for a fact that that is a that is a single situation that has nothing to do with oh because he's black he's not a good dad like no that's his issue right but I have friends who are black men who love their kids to death and are there for them and it doesn't really matter the relationship with the mom other than that it's a good relationship but they are there for their kids they love their kids they're right or dying for their kids they're going to the programs they're in the plays they're whatever the case is and it's so good to see but we've kind of done this stereotype over the years that all black men are bad fathers and i'm like no (laughs) they're not they're not at all also understand too in slavery they used to separate the man from the child so you know they weren't always in the household and so there were a lot more single parents just understand a lot of the stereotypes stem from from uh racism i mean from slavery anyway so changing the narrative about like black fathers is huge changing the narrative of dark-skinned women is huge jenny slate and kristen bell both play this isn't about brands but i like to talk about hollywood as well they both played um biracial or african-american characters and these adult cartoons adult cartoons and that definitely not for kids and they both decided talking to the creators of the show they said you know what we need to make room for black and like biracial or multiracial voice actors so i'm gonna step away from the role and i don't do the shoulda coulda woulda thing that from my understanding both of them were signed on to do the show way before they knew what characters they were playing um, so they were like yeah i'm on board da, 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 da. but you know what they had a heart they had a heart-to-heart meeting the creators agreed with them and they're moving forward And white people, that's a way of using your privilege. When you can recognize, you know what, I need to make room for someone else, that's how you use your privilege. So let me go back to brands real quick. Let me go to brands. If you know that your advertising is so whitewashed, you make that commitment to do better. It's okay for you to do that. It's okay for you to brainstorm. You take normal everyday situations. I promise you black people are doing the same thing. We cook, we do our hair in the morning, we shower, we work out, we gotta work. We drive cars, can we go for runs? Like (laughs) everything that like white people do, black people do too, everybody does it. It's not a bi-race thing mainly. So kind of think about that brands, like think about how you're representing and you don't have to have a black person in for just for black history month. I'm not saying that either. Let this be an everyday thing. Let this be an everyday practice. Literally look at your library of content, whether it's photography or it's, you know, you have people on your roster for illustrations or somebody that you're contracting out to and look at. Who are these people? Why? Who can you add on here? You can personally look up black illustrators. There's a lot of talented ones out there and keep them on your roster and hire them. And I work in creative and marketing agencies. And let me tell you that the diversity in the marketing department is so small. I have been the, I mean, I'm used to being the only black in a room I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to pause, but my rabbit is thumping and I don't know what he sees And thumping in rabbit language means that he sees something wrong. Anyway, um, I've been the only black person in a room many times. I'm so used to it when there's more than one black person, which is like me and another black person. We just stick together because it's like, oh, 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 it's another you. You are you and you are me and we are we. Like, that's just what happens, okay? Marketing and creative agencies are notorious for having, like, mainly white people. So because of that, it influences what they put out. So again, brands, you have to hire from the inside, inside out. I mean, you have to look at your diversity for the inside out. If you're saying Black Lives Matter and you're just like, we care about black people and we're going to donate $10,000 to this black charity, that's great. But you're not really doing the work. Again, we're not a trend. We're always going to be around. So you need to do the work. How do you do that? I'm going to make this more concise and more clear. okay? How do you do the work? How do you look at what the heck you can do inside of your organization one audit audit everything from the inside out audit if you are like in charge of an agency for example or you have your own like connections uh, and and people that you contract out to look at who they are why do you have them i'm not saying that people don't hire black people because they're all racist but just think about it and yeah, you're going to have to think about it. you're going to have to acknowledge it, right? So look at who you're working with. Figure out who you can bring in. If you work for a company, for an agency company, and there's a black person in uh, your, your the role escapes me, <laughs> but it's in your uh, career role. Anyway, if there's a black person that that you are a manager of, bring that person talk to them have a casual meeting and say hey like how how do you feel about the company culture here like how do you feel like we can improve how do you feel like x y and z and be prepared for some honest truth don't hold it against them if they don't say i mean listen for me until a certain point i would say oh everything's fine everything's great and i was like wanting to get in a car accident every time i drove to work so Yes, be aware that we're going to be on guard. But also just just have a conversation with people of different colors. So, I'm sorry, audit what you have, who you're working with, audit your content, because that's going to be very important too. What you put out is going to be more important and something that's an easy fix from here on out. People are looking and people are watching. So if you're saying Black Lives Matter and you only have white people in your in your photography, we're gonna question that because we're you know we are some call out people. We are a call out culture to the fullest. Figure out what you can change. Okay, that's step two. What can you change? I'm gonna stick with stock photography because it's pretty easy across the board. Whether you create your own or you're downloading from a stock photo site, figure out. Okay. I can add a black person when we're talking about what desk fits your style, (laughs) whatever it is, because it wouldn't hurt, right? It doesn't hurt to to put a black person in a place where you would put a white person, for the most part. So look at where you can make that change. On another note, bigger brands, Well, not even bigger brands. Let's just go to step three. Invest. Invest in diversity and inclusion training. Hire people that this is their focus on. Because you will do your audit and you'll go, okay, well, this needs to change and that needs to change. But there's some other great information that you're going to miss out on because you won't know about it. And then you can't make those changes and make it permanent. Like you need to to be successful and go forward all right so invest and invest, invest in a uh, diversity and inclusion brand strategist hello um, <laughs> invest in somebody you know talk to people who this is what they do for a living they talk about racism this is their activism see how you can if they don't know or if they don't do the consulting see if they can connect you to somebody that does it because that's gonna be super. Again, that's gonna be very beneficial. It's gonna be beneficial in your copywriting. It's gonna be beneficial in um, who you hire, who you contract out, or contract with. So yes, definitely get the training. Definitely get, and it's not that like culture sensitivity training that like you see on the office. Okay, it's not that, but it really makes you face your bias. And, and you need to, we all need to face our biases, right? So, making a promise and have actionable goals. Katie Ahrens of Wit and Delight, I remember messaging her on Twitter and I said, this is me feeling a little spunky, <laughs> and it was a couple of days after the George Floyd uh, protest. but I remember messaging her saying, you're a Minneapolis, I don't understand why you don't have stuff on your website about what's going on. I was mad. I mean, I wasn't mad. Like, I wasn't angry. But I was like, listen, like, girl, what? You were in Minnesota. Like, what's going on? And so she talked about it. But she said, I need to do more. She's like, you're right. I need to do more. And then there's a post of hers that she talks about. We're hiring more people of color for writers on the blog um, or for the website. And how, like, these are the actionable goals and that is something that you look forward to, having dates in front of you. If you're saying we're gonna hire 15 more black people for executive type roles by, I don't know, November, 2020, right? I mean, granted there's a pandemic, but hear me out. Then you need to have a date, right? You have something that's set in stone. If you say, okay, I'm gonna upgrade and exchange out some posts or some photos of my post, I'm going to have 15 different photos, and I'm going to make sure this is done within a month to freshen up my content and to make it more diverse. Then you're doing the work. You have actionable goals. You have a plan and you have a goal because you can plan anything, right? Like I plan to go to England one day. I don't have an action for it, and I don't even think I can go to England because we're on a travel ban list, but whatever. But... You can have a plan to do a lot of stuff, but if you don't have, if you don't have an action for those plans, and you don't really have anything, so audit, audit, confront it, make a plan with some action, and then execute, and then look at where you're doing in the execution of it. Go about it, make those context. So listen, it's not scary. I don't know what people are scared of. (laughs) It's not scary to reach out to people. You don't have to. Listen, you don't have to reach out to, to black creators and go, hi, our company is looking to add more black creators. Just say, hey, we like your work. We think this is good and that is good. We would love to do a project with you. Do you have some time to talk about it? that's it you don't have to be extra we don't you don't have to say we need more blacks on our team because that is not comfortable as someone that's had that being said before just it's not a comfortable thing to 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 be part of and again make sure you do the work and let me tell you something else brands you might be getting fatigued but so am i But my fatigue isn't coming from talking about Black Lives Matter all the time. My fatigue is reminding y'all that Black Lives Matter. My fatigue comes from there could have been a Black person in that spot when you're talking about braids. Why is there a white person? Why is Gigi Hadid in this space when you could have had a person of color? So yes, you might get tired because this is the first time you really have to confront it and you really have to put some, you've already said the words and millions of people have already seen it. So you have to put up. And if you don't put, if you don't put up, trust me, your audience will call you out. I was telling somebody the other day, I would rather like, if you don't mean Black Lives Matter, I would rather you just not say anything like just keep posting like you've been posting you don't have to say black lives if that's not your mo like if your cater is if you're catering to the trump supporters and white nationalists which is the same thing then that's your that's you that's on you and your conscience i don't agree with that and i won't be investing in you but don't don't lie and say black lives matter and then you do nothing about it because you can say it till the cows come home but if you do nothing you, you've done nothing you've wasted everybody's time and breath. Trying to be cool with people's lives is not it. So look at your principles, look at your values, look at your where your brand stands. What is your goal? What do you want to be remembered for? Again, Ben & Jerry's has some really great ice cream. Sometimes I cheat on the gluten and then my stomach, you know, makes me pay for it. But I don't get Ben & Jerry's because I wanna cheat on gluten. I get Ben & Jerry's because I know that I'm buying from a brand that, that cares about the same things that I do. I buy from, I'm gonna download music from the chicks because I know that they have the same values that I do. Do you see what I'm saying? If I compare one company to another, one company's more expensive than the other But the expensive company or the expensive brand is the one that's very actionable about social justice and they mean what they say versus the other brand that just kind of said it and then didn't really do anything about it or they got caught up in a lie and was like, wait a minute, what are all those times that you racially profiled or you denied leadership opportunities to your minority people? I'm going to go with the expensive brand. It's why I go to Target instead of Walmart. Like, Walmart is so problematic, other than eating my medication from there. Like, I don't go to Walmart anymore. I go to Target. I go to Target because the CEO said Black Lives Matter. Because they said, we don't care about property damage. That can be replaced, but lives can't. Because I've seen Target over the years really try to diverse their marketing message. Are they perfect? No. Are they trying? Yes. So, yeah, I'm going to go to Target. My grocery bill might be a little bit more. Yes, I go to Target for groceries, too. But that's okay, because I know and I feel more comfortable about where I'm putting my money. See what I mean? So, also understand, even if you're a solopreneur, if you're a life coach, if you don't say anything about Black lives... Or you say something about black lives and you don't do anything to improve yourself and your business to be more inclusive but somebody who does the exact same thing does and you're a little less expensive than the other person or you're more popular than the other person people are going to go with the other person because they're going to they know that they care the more that gen z and the more that millennials grow up and become more of the power the buying power out buying the pace of baby boomers and some gen xers not all the more that social justice issues not just pertaining to ourselves but pertaining to other people are going to matter especially with gen z wait until that generation is the most is the biggest buying buying power if you look like you don't care about the LGBTQ community and that person that's judging you or considering buying from you is a white heterosexual male, he probably isn't gonna buy from your company because the way that Generation Z is, and this is why I don't like to talk mess about the younger generation, the way that Generation Z is, they care so much at such an early age about the rights of everyone which is such a beautiful thing. Millennials are learning a little bit late because we were 90s kids, and that was a problematic era in and of itself, but we're out learning what we've learned then. But Gen Z, the information is right there. They're willing to learn, they're willing to speak up against their parents. Some are boomers, some are Gen Xers, and some are millennials. They're ready to speak up. They don't care about the consequences because they know what it's right in their heart. So the longer that they... The, the more that they become a, a buying power, they're going to be buying with their heart. And that's statistics, too. So many charts on that. It's a beautiful thing. And millennials are starting to do the same thing, too. And Gen Xers do the same thing. Poor forgotten generation. I didn't forget y'all, though. Y'all my booze. So I understand that as the tides are shifting, as times are 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 developing and we're we're becoming more aware of things, Black Lives Matter is not a trendy statement. Okay. It's not something that's gonna go away like the GDPR. It's not something that we're gonna get tired of hearing about when we talk about the coronavirus. Okay. Black lives are gonna matter this decade, and the next decade, and the decade after that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're a brand who really means Black Lives Matter, do your work now, do the audit now, invest in the education, have a heart-to-heart talk about what's going on. I'm not saying kick people out of positions. I'm saying be more conscious, though, of who you're hiring next. Who are you promoting next? And if you think that person isn't quite ready yet, be a mentor to them. Because as a boss, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And that may not pertain to everybody, but that is something to really think about. So, do the audit, invest, make the commitment, and, and put it into action. And check where you are every single, at, at, at certain checkpoints to make sure you are where you need to be. And then evaluate Evaluate, you know, what you can do and, and, and how you can be better. I mean, I don't say congratulate yourself. I think that's kind of weird. Congratulations. You are. <laughs> you are I don't know. I'm sorry. So there's that. But before we close, I would like to do a little, uh, a little, homage, if you will, to Gay Pride Month. June is Gay Pride Month and there was a tweet going around by a Caucasian male who is gay and said that black people cannot hijack June uh, to celebrate Juneteenth because we already have Black History Month and June is for Pride. Now the last time I checked, white people aren't the only ones that can be gay. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so because I know some people of color that are gay, are transgender, bisexual, etc. Um, and also, a very important thing to know: without a Black queer woman, you would not have Gay Pride Month. And 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 yeah, that is <laughs> that is something. <laughs> that is something that uh, needs to be that needs to be said uh because i don't understand why people don't understand it's that absolute vodka that decided to create pride month put some respect on marsha p johnson's name okay let's do a little summary of marsha p johnson she was part of the gay liberation she's a self she was a self-identified drag queen and she was very much an outspoken person for gay rights when the stonewall uprising happened in 1969 she was definitely one of the leading prominent figures when you think about stonewall riots you think about Marsha P. Johnson and how she played that role in, in leading that charge and the uprising of Stonewall was uh, demonstrations by the LGBT community where the police after the police raided um, early in the morning of the Stonewall Inn in the Greenwich Village neighborhood in Manhattan, New York and At that point, uh, because being gay was still, they were trying to break up the gay neighborhoods. They were trying to throw people in jail for being gay. And, like, honestly, they had enough. I mean, (laughs) they had enough. Now, the mafia was owned, uh, owned Stonewall. So, they were trying to say, oh, well, you know, we are trying, this is a mafia raid, a raid. But, I mean, a lot of gay people, drag queens, lesbians, um, transgender people all gathered like homeless youth all gathered in this place so they can just be themselves and there were more protests there were tons of protests that happened um, they just wanted to be able to be open and to be free of who they are and i don't understand why even in 2020 that's an issue um excuse me but yes marsha p johnson was the reason that gay pride happened and um if you have a problem with that, if you don't like the fact that Black people want to take over June, good sir, um, maybe don't celebrate Pride Month because that was a Black queer woman who, you know, she's she's the reason, she's the reason for the season, as people say during Christmas. So that's 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 pretty much. That's pretty much that. Oh, no. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because I also want to talk about how her with Sylvia Rivera, which who is another prominent figure of the LGBTQ community, um, how they both created what's called the Star House. And if you ever watch the show Pose, it's kind of something like this where Marsha P. Johnson was a drag mother and she would take in um, Black and Latino people of the LGBT community who were often kicked out on the street for being who they are so she would provide food and she would provide clothing um emotional support just kind of like this way of being a family to these people who were kicked out by their own and I don't I'm not even going to like I don't want to go there about like her mental health or anything else like that I mean yes it's very important to to note that there was some there was some mental health but it like here's the thing (laughs) if you grew up black in the 60s especially um as an lgbtq person i mean how could you how could you how could you not right think of all the things that you've seen and experienced um in that time so (sighs) i just you know it's a weird way of. It's a weird way to end the episode. It's twelve thirteen a.m. I've been recording for almost two hours, so it's an hour and a half. And um, you know, Black lives still matter. And um, Marsha P. Johnson is the reason for Pride season. A Black queer person, and excuse me if I'm not allowed to say queer as a straight person. I've heard other people say queer. I hear they, anyway. I just, my apologies. I don't want to be offensive to anybody. Um, The next thing we'll talk about is I don't know yet. (laughs) So just come back next Friday. Enjoy the episode. If you have any questions, I'm becoming more active on Instagram again. So because I miss my peeps. I miss talking to you guys. I miss seeing friends. That, that would that would be fun to do. So yeah, just hit me up if you have questions or if you like, there's a topic specifically that, um, you know, I, you want me to talk about or you have questions. I might do a random Q and A for a podcast. Uh, I've got again some other really great things that I want to talk about and and kind of really just open the conversation for when it comes to to branding and how brands deal especially with the lgbtq community i only know what i know from like other activists and and kind of not hearsay but things that i research on my own but i would really love to quote unquote pass the mic to someone who is in the community can offer better stronger advice than i can so we're going to talk about that and uh until next time Take care of yourselves. Black Lives Matter. Arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor.